you believe it, lasses? We're into season two. Season two of Lounging with the Lasses. Kylie Dixon here, founder of the Northern Lass Lounge. Listen, honestly, man, thank you to everyone who is helping our podcast grow. I cannot believe the success already. You're supporting so many small businesses and it means the world to like our community. So before you go, lasses, if you're new to listening to podcasts, help us out by just hitting subscribe and then you'll see all of our new episodes first. Leave a little review and just tell one person, just one person about it and that's it. To join our community of business lasses, head on over to our group where this all started on Facebook, The Northern Lass Lounge. Enjoy! Today, I'm lounging with a woman on a bit of a mission. Rochelle Charlton Lane joined us recently as a guest speaker at our Northern Last Lounge in-person event all about the power of you. Rochelle has an incredibly varied background in terms of business and entrepreneurship and is a true advocate of women supporting women. We chat a lot today about Rochelle's most recent move into supporting our local community as leader of Siam Town Council, which hasn't all been plain sailing. This lass is a true inspiration to me and I can't wait for you to hear how Rochelle found her superpower. Hello again, Rochelle. Yeah, right. I am. Have you just rolled out of bed then? Like you said you were going to? Uh, no, I've had a cooked breakfast and everything this morning. Have you? I have as well. I've been looked after. Had a uh, bacon sandwich from the, uh, the husband after last night. So, yes, no messing last night, was the Rochelle? On stage, inspiring all the lasses. Yeah, it's funny, because, you know, like, when I, when, I, when I did it and I came off, and then um, Rebecca was sat next to us, she was like, that was really good. I was like, I can't remember what I said. <laughs> like, I still get a bit panicky. <laughs> I know, and I'm the same, and we'll talk about all of this today, like imposter syndrome, everything that you... You talked about on stage, Rochelle, because it really did mirror a lot of the stuff that I talk about a lot in the Northern Last Lounge, self-belief, finding your superpower. And it was interesting to find out that we have a very similar background. I know. <laughs> I was a people in Salem, I don't know. Um, but you're a woman on a mission, so, and I've had loads of amazing messages, which I'm sure you have, about how much you've inspired. And I know lots of people came up to you last night and taught you. So tell our listeners all about Rochelle. Just, just go for it. Um, so I'll do what I did last night. So me, I, I was talking to my husband about, you know, that he'd invited us to come and speak. And I was saying, like, I don't know what I'm going to say. And like Rob being a big Star Wars fan was like, just tell him your origin story. <laughs> so started talking about um, the fact that I come from the mining background, um, like yourself included. There was actually a couple of people in there last night that actually had the same background, like, which is funny and not unusual either. Um, so went to school, um, left school, really wanted to go to uni and like last night I was saying, um, the only way that we could afford uni was because when my dad passed away, he had life insurance money left over. Um, and I remember going to my mum and said, I really want to go to uni and she was like, right, there's a pot of money, but you, you, you've got to make a choice. And I was like, make a choice. And she says, you can either have a big white wedding or you can go to uni. She was like, I can't afford both. And I was like, oh my days, like, what a decision. And I, I was like laughing and I says, no, I want to go to uni. Like, we'll do that. So I ended up going to uni. 
but it's mad that like that was the only way that I was able to do it like through through a family bereavement like that shouldn't be that shouldn't be standard practice like you should just be able to afford uni and I think this, this was just before the prices went up as well so this was just before it was only it was three grand just over three grand a year but now it's like nine isn't it it's How nine old are you, Michelle? sorry if you don't mind us asking 34 oh god you're younger than me like I remember when I first went to uni and it was we were in I was lucky because I was one of those families that that could afford it but me mum I remember me mum and dad going because we work we have to pay so yeah much. oh yeah it was a conversation at the time yeah yeah it, it is mm. and because it goes off your um your parents' income or your household income on paper, you might you might get that money in, but in reality, everyone's got bills, everyone's got you know like the things they need to pay for, and just because your parents have that money on paper doesn't mean to say that they can afford to mm -hmm. actually send. And I think that is something like if I ever had the chance, I'd definitely try and change tuition fees, the way that it's organised. It just seems that it's only suitable for a certain percentage of people and like not, it's not inclusive of everybody um so i went to uni um i went to norwich norwich school of art i think it's norwich university you now um did fashion and textiles which i can't believe that you actually did like, i couldn't believe it um so did fashion textiles i went to paris fashion week did some work with gareth Pugh. gareth Pugh is also from the northeast that was really good um and then when I graduated, you know, you have to do your graduate show, your degree show. We did one in um, in London. I can't remember what the building was called. But I'd like got headhunted and this company had come over and said, like, look, we'd love for you to come for an interview. And I was like, oh, my dears, this is amazing. And then when I got there, they were like, right, we're going to employ you, but it needs to be as like a freelance artist, like what you're doing now. Mm -hmm. um, but you need to be based in London. And there was just, there was no way that I could afford it. Like there was no way. Fresh out of uni didn't have a full-time job like I couldn't set up a business straight away so I came home so I came home moved back in with mom in the box room and uh stayed was, there, there. was there an element of you Rochelle that, that regretted doing that at the time were you like oh have I done the right thing again oh yeah oh massive and I like there was a lot of opportunities that I was offered like for instance um there's an artist called Hussein Shalan um who does like smart smart textiles who does things like but do you remember take that do you remember right. take that one on stage and they had those multicolored um jackets that lit up with all the leds and stuff like that oh, yes. so that artist um was doing a project like that and that that again headhunters and said like because of my my degree i did smart textiles they're like do you want to come to london we've we've, we've got a job like we're doing something for like a high profile artist um do you want to come and i couldn't even afford the train ticket like it was it, it's just it's just too expensive okay. like for anyone who wants to be um in you know like to have those opportunities it does feel like you need to have money like yeah. you need to have money to be able, like university now so when you have to go and do work experience like a lot of them just expect you to go and do it for free people yeah. can't afford to go and work for free now like it doesn't it doesn't work like that you might have been able to do that years ago but there's no way bus fares train fares like it was just too expensive so that was something else that I turned down because I couldn't afford to physically get from A to B to, to go and like access these opportunities um so I started teacher training um and now I'm I'm a secondary school teacher um and I teach a lot of the kids who come from the same background as me so 
when I when I'm teaching them, and you know, I, I think that it makes. Just, I'm not saying that it makes us a better teacher by a long shot, mm-hmm. but I just bear that in mind, right? And that's all anyone can do. Like, just bear in mind that everybody comes from like a different background. Like, everyone's not the same, and if they can't access those opportunities, like as a teacher, like as a camp counselor, as like whoever you are, you need to try and make sure that everybody has like the same access. Doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. When you said that last night, um, it really rings true with how you look at your, yourself and your background and, and how that helps you understand children a little bit more. So like when I go into schools now, I think I get so much of an impact. I mean, I didn't think I was going to at first, but I do get so much of an impact now. And I think it's because I consider the school, I consider the area, the family situations, and I adapt my style, do you know, and I think that's that's really important isn't it when you're going into specifically children because they'll just tell you if they're oh, not they will. <laughs> <laughs> so we met three years ago didn't we uh-huh, yeah and I remember actually I remember the day it was when we were, we were doing a workshop is that the day that you're thinking of when, when we did I can't remember the exact day but I know that it was to do with the east get get these plugged in the east Durham artist network yeah, yeah, um <laughs> We were down the art block, weren't we? Mm-hmm. And I'm just fascinated. And I know you, you definitely told your story last night. Like, how how do you go from teaching art to politics? <laughs> it's you know what though. Like, I think there there was a bit in lockdown, and I and I don't want to. I try really hard to not try and convert people or you know like say I'm from this political party you should join my political party yes I do feel like that but as a teacher like in the classroom I'm actually not allowed to do that like there's laws I'm not allowed to go to the classroom and say I am a Labour Party county councillor and I think that you should vote Labour like I would be classed as a terrorist believe it or not because you're trying to convert oh yeah there's massive laws so I've got to be really not careful but I've got to be really mindful of like how I teach, how I say things, how I talk. Um, so I'm very conscious of that, like in the real world as well. And I feel like I, I have the views that I have and my views fall very strongly within like the Labour Party and what they believe in. And that's that's how anybody's mind works. You fall within the category of like, or you should do, you should fall into the political party that you may be have the same beliefs in and things like that um so when I'm talking like especially last night like I didn't mention the Labour Party once you didn't. like maybe I should have maybe a lot of people would have but I don't want to be the person who's like preaching like I don't think it's about that mm-hmm. um so I, I became interested in politics like I've I remember I remember shortly after my dad dying and do you remember when um the milk got stopped in schools. Yeah. There was always talking about the milk thief and the milk thief. And I remember like thinking about that. And I, I remember adults around us talking about that. And I remember it happening in school very vaguely. And then when I'd gone to uni and I'd come back, um, I'd started getting inv- like getting involved in things and, and things were like in the community. Um speaking to people finding out like what what opportunities were available for young people and things like that and I realized that there wasn't a lot and I thought you know what I I think I want to be a teacher and to be a teacher like to apply to be a teacher you had to have work experience so 
I work a part-time job on the night time. I used to work in a bar. And then during the day, I used to go and um, work at same high. So same, same school of technology, what it was. Did you go there as well? Um, like, well, yeah. it used to be over there. They've changed it, the building now. So my son yeah. goes, yeah. So I used to work. I used to work at the roadside on a night time. And during the day... Oh, I, which bar was it? The roadside? Was roadside, it? yeah. <laughs> what? I was in there last night. I went back for a little sneaky one. <laughs> Why not? But like, yeah, you've yeah, in like I I understood that I had to I had if I was going to work for free, uh, part of my day or night had to also be like earning money. So, mm-hmm. the nighttime I used to work in the bar, and the daytime I used to go to see high to get the experience to apply for teacher training. So then I did my teacher training. Um, but luckily, the, there was a grant available for teacher training. So I actually got a grant for studying um, art. Like, if anybody wants to be a teacher and they're listening, um, there are grants available. So, like, depending on what subject you do, it changes, it fluctuates every year, depending on what the need is for those type of teachers. So I know that at the minute, mm. science teachers, science and maths, um, it's, it's never really art, is it? It's never really, you know, the, the non-EBAC academic subjects. Yeah. The one. Can, I, can I ask you as well, Rochelle? Because I was going to go into teaching, right? So totally similar wavelengths of like career path from using yeah. leaving college and stuff. Um, and my friend, well, do you know Emily? Yes, you do know Emily, don't you? She Emily, um, Emily Nolan. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course you do. Um, so obviously Jane from the art block and stuff. Um, Emily's one of my best friends for people who are listening. And I went through the whole school with her. I went through, I met her in nursery school. We went to college, everything. And she went into teaching. And this was at the same time when I stepped away from the bank and I was like a little bit lost. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I was getting to the end of me art. Like I, I was given, I was very lucky. I was given a, a wedge of cash from the bank redundancy. So I had like a time, like a time limit before I had to start making money to pay my bills. And I remember getting towards the end and then COVID hit, didn't it? So I was like, oh, right. Do I go back to this teaching situation? And I remember my friend, Emily, she just went, don't do it. Don't do it. And I'll just want, and I know like her views, why? And it's all like the paperwork, the politics as in inside school politics. Do you... Just talk to us about that. What are your views on all of that? Um, so well, as it like, so as a teacher, like when I when I did my teacher training and I got my job, and I, you know, I've been teaching now for maybe eight, nine years, am I even be 10? Am I that old? <laughs> um, so it was actually in the pandemic, so I'd, I've always done like little bits and pieces, and I've always been part of like the Durham Miners Gala, and I've always like done, you know, like little bits that I wouldn't really count as like hardcore politics, you know, like yeah. where your views, where your views are maybe taken into consideration. I was, I always had me say, you know, like I have a, I have an opinion on that, but I'd never really gone above and beyond to like make people listen to me opinions or like if, if my opinions even matter. And then in the pandemic, um, when there was all that hoo-ha about that bloody PPE shortage yeah. and my family members started suffering. So, um, like Rebecca, my sister-in-law, who was there last night, her mom, um, my husband's mom, is works in a hospital, so she's a domestic cleaner, and they were having shortages of PPE, and like that really annoyed us. Like when it starts affecting like your, like you know, like your people, 
and I was like oh my days what are we going to do and like there was a couple of friends at school whose um, parents or family members were also like working for the NHS we had kids who were in um who had to be in school whose parents and whose family members worked for the NHS or they worked in care homes and they were all worried about catching COVID and, the, and there wasn't there was no PP so I was like right I'm gonna do something about this so gone online and thought like right what have I got like don't have any money to buy any materials it's going to have to be recycled it's going to have to be out of something that we can easily get a hold of so I think I, I did loads of research like lockdown was horrible like Mason was doing online lessons towards the end of it Jude was one Rob was working at home I was teaching at home online it was horrendous and um, so when I went into school so we did like we did one or two days in school to um help look after the kids who needed to be in school the teachers yeah. on like rotation so when I was in school every time that I had a free or I had a break or on my lunch or something like that I was like googling trying to work out like what can we do faffing with all the equipment like we've got a laser cutter we had a 3d printer like I'm a design technology teacher that's what I teach so I'd found a group where the other DT teachers across the country had banded together and figured out because that's what we do like we solve problems DT is solving problems like we can't we can't do this right we need to try and solve the problem what can we design to do the thing that people are missing so all these design technology teachers had bandied together and they had the exact same idea that i had that set up a group and there was a file so someone had made a file of how to laser cut visors in three separate bits so you had like the band that went round, um the bit that bounced off your forehead and then the screen so i was like and it was for free like people who make things and patent them or copyright them, whoever made that could have easily put that up for a charge and made a fortune, but they didn't made it, put it up for free. Everyone can use it. Like we've solved the problem, help us solve the problem further. So every DT teacher started passing the message on. So I passed the message on to all of the DT teachers in my trust. And I'd said, look, I'm at school. I found this file. We're going to start laser cutting visors. I think you should too. And I sent it all, all around and there was a couple of other schools who started doing it as well. And we, st we, we started collecting acetate, like it was going out of fashion. Remember, you're asking for acetate all over the place. Oh, knocking on doors. Have you got any acetate? And they were like, what? So I was like, you know what you used to do at primary school with the overhead projector and like, you know, sing hymns. Like, that, that's the one. Like, give me all in my lap. I want the acetate. <laughs> so we collected all that and we started making, started making PP. Mm. And uh, every time the file was edited to make better we had to get quicker at making them that was one of the things that we realized we had to get quicker because the demand was so high yeah. i think we made maybe three thousand face masks um face shields in the end and every day we were in school i was thinking like right what bits of that design can i cut shorter like does that need to be there no i'll take it away can i make the band a bit shorter will that speed up the process yes it will and it was just constant and the kids were amazing the kids were helping solving problems they were at school it was like a real life project yeah um so we started doing that and then it evolved into like face masks as well because with textiles and fashion background as well i was like well i saw them as well so it turned out like at school I was laser cutting them and putting them together with all the kids and all the staff. And then I was coming home and, and sewing them. And then I, the, um, the big issue got in contact and they were like, we've seen that you're distributing free PPE. Like we need some, we've got a lot of um, homeless people who don't have access, they can't buy it. We're, we're looking for someone like to donate them. So again, I went back to the DT teachers and I was like, look, there's a demand for um, sewn face masks. 
can you help? So everyone just banded together and I, I gave them my home address and everyone either sent um, stuff that they'd made to me or they sent it direct to um, the big issue. But I'm talking like people were making scrubs, people were making face masks, people were making um, the little plastic bits where they went around your bubble because everyone who'd wore the face masks for too long because they had the hair tied up it was hurting their ears so they made like it was it was mad in like it was during that time I thought like we shouldn't have to be doing this yeah like we're doing it we are we're doing it but we shouldn't have to and it was that point that I thought like right I'm gonna do something about it and then that's when I'd I'd, I'd always been a member of the Labour Party but I applied to be um a town councillor and a county councillor and we we ran a campaign in lockdown but it wasn't like a campaign like I don't know it was weird it was more like for the people like we believe I believe that we shouldn't have to do this like we shouldn't have to plug that gap so we're gonna do it and I just I was so annoyed at like the government that was in power and I was thinking like you are not handling this right like I can do a better job at this I'm gonna try and that that's that's literally all it was it, it spurred on from like not I'm not saying that they're incompetent all I'm saying is like real people shouldn't have to have real struggles yeah. and stuff like that like if there's anything that I could change like that's what I want to do mm -hmm. and that's and that's how it started I didn't to be honest I didn't expect to be elected for town and county <laughs> that came as a shock that was a lot on at once in my first year was a lot of learning like learning yeah. on the ground learning uh -huh. like getting things wrong got things wrong hold me hands up I think everyone does that yeah. but like but now at county you know we're making decisions on like um education making decisions on how money spent or trying at least we like um the group that I'm in the Lib party so we don't we don't technically have control of Durham County Council anymore so there's not a majority vote the majority vote is with it's not with me and my group it's with the other group so we can only be in opposition so that means that you just have to question make sure that they're trying to do the right thing have they got all of their ducks in a row like is it is it going to affect anybody do we think that they're morally making the right decision like it's that type of it's more like quality assurance mm -hmm. and, and trying to make sure that everybody's getting a good deal like that's what I do it for like trying to make sure that everybody gets a good deal and something like nobody's left out so do you, uh, think, do you feel like because as soon as you start saying all of that I'm like oh god anxiety is going through the roof from a pressure point of view do you feel like a sense of pressure or commitment like oh yeah you deal with that and some people are like you do too much and I don't know, I don't understand I how that. you do it. Yeah, I don't understand how you do it. And I've said, every, I say the same thing every time. It only works because I want to do it. Yes. The, the, the minute that that enthusiasm, that want, that need yeah. to try and help everybody, the minute that drops off, it'll not work. Of course it won't. And you know what it is, Rochelle? I say this to a lot of people. At first, I always, I used to get guilt from it because I got, the, I get the same comments all the time. Like, you're always busy. Um, mm -hmm. Like you haven't got time, is it? By the way, I'm not always busy and I'm sure you're not always busy. You've got time for your family. You've got time for your kids. You've got time for that, right? And you make time. But I'm sure you're like me. I love the process of it. I love the problem solving. I love the helping people. And I don't think I'll ever have an end goal. 
I yeah. just think I'll keep going. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I keep saying this to people. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. I have, I have recently like been told that I'm too ambitious. Like you're too ambitious. And I was like, oh, really? So what does that look like? Tell me what someone that's too ambitious looks like. And they couldn't answer. Couldn't answer the question. And I was like, you can't, you can never, we can't tell our children. Nah. Mason wants to be a fighter pilot. I would never turn around to Mason and be like, oh, Mason, how are you? You're never going to get there, mate. Look at your background. Look where you're from. Like, yeah. you're never going to get it. Can you imagine? Like, why do we say that to adults? I know. We never thought... kids. It's the exact same thing. I had, a, I had a conversation with Jake because he, he, somebody in his class had said, because he said, I want to be an astronaut. Yeah. Um, somebody, and I can't even remember, it might have been a teacher, you know, I'd, I'm sure it wasn't, but I can't remember who it was, but somebody had said, no, you can't. And I went, hang on a minute. And I literally sat down and broke down the steps to get to being an astronaut. And I went, oh, you could do that. You can go in the Air Force. You can get that many miles. You can do maths. You can do science. And then you do it. And you just went, oh, I went, see, doable. Totally. Oh, yeah. It is, it is. And it's this whole like putting putting people down, you can't do that. Like I, I don't know. I think it's because I'm around children a lot at school. And we try and raise their aspirations and we try and you know have them like you've got to have a growth mindset. And like if you if you can't do it, if you add that yet on the end of it, can't do it yet. Mm-hmm. Like you try and help them that way on. And I just think like as adults, like we we lose that bit of like, I don't know, like what is it? That it, it is it is ambition. And like heaven forbid someone wants to do something that's over their pay grade. Like oh. <laughs> that was me eye rolling for anyone who isn't watching. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I eye roll. <laughs> but te- last night, Rochelle, you shared um something, well, not something, some great information about imposter syndrome, which keeps coming up all the time. But there was specifically a bit where you'd had a comment. That created imposter syndrome for you when you mm-hmm. became the leader of same town council and it was that kind of nope. title wasn't it <laughs> that, that caused it tell us about that um so because i've been so i've been elected for context since may 2021 so this is like the, the start of the second year and you get four years i've been elected so the, the cycle for same town council and durham county council is every four years different depending on where you are I think Sunderland council maybe do every three years every two years mm-hmm. um some councils do every year um it, it costs a lot of money to hold elections and ballots and things like that so that I think that's why some some councils have a longer period of time um anyway that's by the by um so second year like going to meetings having having me say trying to take part and everything and we have, we have something called like the, the, the labor group. So at town council, we have 14 labor councillors and um, on the opposition, there's six of them. I'm just trying to do the maths in my head. Um, so technically like, we have the majority. So we're the biggest party on the town council. And this stands for anything like um, any county council, any town council, any parish council, the majority party um the leader of the majority party is the leader of the council mm-hmm. it's a little bit different at Durham County Council because that person gets elected like there's a physical vote where everybody because there's over 200 county councillors I think where everybody um 
has a physical vote where they vote for the leader like that it's different it's a it's a it's a bigger pot of money it's it's more responsibility it is it's a physical vote and it gets written down on paper at town and branch level what happens is there's different rules so there's um we have things like constitutions code of conduct things like that and it's never apparently it's never been written in the history of same town council that there's that there's a leader of same town council but this only came about like the day after that I was voted like and then when I say voted I don't mean voted as leader of the town council that vote never took place I was voted leader of the majority group which is the Labour Party and for historical years throughout the years and same that person has always been the leader of same town council mm-hmm. does that make sense yes I'm like this really really focusing on what you're saying <laughs> it is a bit it is a bit technical and and that's that's why well people don't I, I, like I'm not bothered about the title right what I'm bothered about is that people are trying to make out that I'm lying or I'm like maybe twisting things or like I think one of the comments was like power mad and I was like oh my god I'm not power mad can you imagine if I was like so so the so I was voted leader leader of the Labour group which technically meant that I was um that I am leader of same town council but it's not written anywhere in the constitution so I'd put something out on me Facebook saying like um I'm happy to be elected as the same town council leader um blah 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 and it got picked up by the press and it's never been an issue as far as I'm aware because last year there was a woman who was leader of CM Town Council and it wasn't nobody batted an eyelid um and she put it out on her social media but this time it's an issue because is it me is it be like what is it why why am I the issue um so then another press, the opposition of um, at Same Town Council went to the press and said, she's not the leader of Same Town Council. There's not a position. Historically, there's never been a position. Um, how dare she insinuate that she's the leader of Same Town Council? She's a liar. And I was like, oh, my dears, like, this is weird. Like, why? Right. What is what is happening? And I started to think like, oh my God, people are going to think that I'm a liar. People are going to think that I'm like this power hungry, mad woman who like wants to rule the world. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know what to do about it, but I still don't. Like, I don't really know what's going to happen. The only thing that I have said is that in future, um, there needs to be concrete words written down in black and white in the constitution to say mm-hmm whether there is a leader of same town council or not, because it's been all right up until now, but now people have an issue with it. But now that people have an issue with it, if you do go back to the documents and things like that, it's not written either way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, madness, politics is madness. So well, this is what I wanted to ask you about. And you need to be truthful with us here. No, no, you will be. And this is about me rather than you, right? So. And, and this is why I was concentrating so hard, Rochelle, when you're talking, because I'm very naive about politics. I'm going to hold my hand up right and say I'm naive. I've said this on a, another podcast with somebody, um, and I get that you don't need to know the nitty gritty of, of hard politics, right? It's about the country. It's about what goes on. Um, and I often don't like 
I kind of shy away from talking about it. And I know why. I, I don't understand it. I don't. And I remember somebody, and this is again a comment that someone made to us, God, it was when I was working in the bank, but I was in the business department. Huh? And uh, someone said, and I went, I'm not really interested or I can't remember what I said, but they said, well, you should be. So I feel like as soon as like politics comes, I, I like, I run away from it. I do. Yeah. Like what, what, what are your views on somebody like me who's supporting so many businesses not really understanding politics. <laughs> so like, um, what's the best way to describe it? So there's a lot, there's lots of political parties out there, like there's loads. And like I said, right at the very beginning, the easiest way to do or to go about it is to like do a bit of research. Like I could, you know, we could all stand on our soapboxes and say, you should be this, you should be that, you should come and follow me and join my party. Mm-hmm. Which, which I also believe in, but not to the detriment of other people and what they believe in. Yeah. Um, like for me, like I'm a socialist, right? I'm a lefty. That, that If I was going to be categorised in a box, I'm a lefty socialist. And that, that, like, that means that everything that I do has to be for everybody. It has to be for everybody. And, and there's, you know, and there's different politics out there. There's, um, there's you know, people call it like the soft left, where because we want everything for everybody. Everyone's like, it's never gonna work because you know, you've got to think of um, um, capitalism and you've got to think of this and you know, um, CEOs and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, I agree. Like if you're a business person and you own your own business, like you are allowed to make profit, but what you should be doing is you should be also paying your work, work as a fair wage. Like that's what I believe in. Yeah, man. And you've got, and then you've got like the opposite. So the very, very hard right. So you have a soft left, hard right. And, and you know, the, the right is, um, it's not the opposite. It's just not where I, it's just not where my politics lie, like personally. Mm-hmm. Like you can Google it. You can Google, I think it's called the political spectrum. Mm-hmm. And it's literally a graph. And the graph goes from left to right. And then you have like people who say, oh, I'm more centrist. So there's people who are in the middle where they have like a bit of a bit of both beliefs, and la- the Labour Party is considered to be more left than centre or right. But as the party progresses, like different people join the Labour Party for different reasons under different leaders. So you can't. Some people could say that um, the Labour Party is just for the left, but it's not true. Some people could say that the Tory party is just for the right, but it's not true. You do get a mixture in a, in, in, you know, like a crossover of people and it's the people that make the party and it's the people that, you know, decide policies, decide, um, like for instance, have you heard of the, um, the Hassock Field Detention Centre where they're, 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 they're literally holding refugees. So oh, the refugees yeah. that, have been, that have been brought into the country, right? They could be refugees for many reasons. It could be war. It could be um, um, they've got no family. It could be children. They've got no family, and they're being they're being brought over. They're being kept in this detention center, which is a Category Three style prison, right? They've been ripped away from their families. There's no end date, um, and while they're being processed, they don't have access to certain things. Um, that, you know, it's it, it, as I say, it's a Category Three style prison, and 
like for me in my beliefs I don't think that's right like there are lots of other things that we can be doing for refugees like integrate them into the, into the communities yeah. trying to find their families trying to support them in ways you know like there's you know when we think about like Ukraine we opened our arms for the Ukrainians and families have started taking Ukrainians in mm-hmm. which is amazing yeah but if we flip it on its head and if you know and if if members of the public were thinking right so i've got i've got a family here who i've let into my home and they're from a war-torn country with russia and i've got a ukrainian family with me now right that ukrainian family is going to have a better chance at survival at being integrated back in the community all that kind of stuff yeah why is it that some people have to go into a detention center through no, no fault of their own they haven't done anything wrong and it's and it's this why why does it have to be for some people that they can go and do this but why do some other people have to go into a detention center and have that style of life and then what happens is recently i think it was wednesday this week um eight or 12 i can't remember the exact number i should do really they've now been deported is it nigeria where they've gone they've been deported so you have some you have some people from war-torn families who are allowed to come into the country who are allowed to live with people and then on the flip side you've got people who are brought in put in a category three style prison and deported to another country like what is going on everyone should be treated with the exact same standard of living everyone should be treated the same like especially if it's through no fault of their own like war you know syria palestine yeah everything like that it's massive so like it depends it depends on what you what your beliefs are on things i would definitely say like focus on one thing like like you could think about um refugee policies how, how what your stance is on that and then work backwards i would just work backwards find a find a context that you understand that you believe in and then like work backwards and think like right what are the parties doing about that particular issue and that's probably the best way of finding out like where you belong politically like work it backwards rather than doing it the other way around because last night when you were when you were talking i was like right i'm going to start somehow just to to not to get right into politics but just to start like understanding how it all works because gaz my husband tries to explain it to us sometimes (laughs) One, my brain flits all over the place. And two, two I'm like, oh, maybe he's not explaining it in the right way. But I'm sure, and then this is an interesting thing as well, like from the fact that you came in last night in front of lots of businesswomen and you're 34 year old and you're standing there and I think it's so inspiring that this young lass is doing this in saying, it just, it's, it's brilliant. And I, I was like, all right, I'm going to get on this. I'm going to get on this. <laughs> so it's great. Thank you. Um, I'm going to talk about the lounge, Rochelle. Oh, let's, let's. Guess what? I've just looked. Day one. You've been in since day one. It opened. I have, yeah. Huh? <laughs> when? Yeah. I've no idea how that happened. But what I love about you, like, obviously your, your life's changed and you've developed yourself and you're, you know you know like uh, you go in places shall we say and I love how you ended up coming and speaking last night because I know that there's people who dip in and out of the lounge or some of them just go on the missing list forever like and you can sometimes think oh well they're not 
interested anymore like when you say people who are not active and there's no there's no like pressure for anyone to be active in there we always say like use it as you wish which is one of the really brilliant points about the lounge but then it makes you go and this is it this is like to tell other lasses as well it makes you go people are watching because you were like oh i'll do that and i was like oh she is still kicking about (laughs) (laughs) so like what what do you what do you get out of that community i i look you know what um you probably know this because you i presume that you run like your own facebook page so you can see the stats of like who's seen your your facebook post like they might not have engaged in it they might not have liked it they might not have reacted to it but they've seen it yeah and i when i when i'd started doing the county councillor page and we'd started doing projects and people weren't engaging with those projects i was thinking oh this is an absolute flop like nobody wants to go and like take their kids out and plant flowers under to under the signs when I did that project yeah. and that was all about um trying to stop spraying pesticides around street signs like trying to help the environment trying to help that kind of stuff so we came up with this project where we'd rather plant flowers and get the kids involved and maybe plant wild seeds and stuff like that and now same town council of getting um some hot water sprays to stop pesticides so like the project has worked and stuff like right. that but when we were posting it on Facebook the scene, there was thousands of people who'd seen the post, uh-huh. but no, there wasn't a lot of people that had liked it or a lot of people that had commented. Uh-huh. And I think I'm along the same lines as you as, like, you might not know this, but I see everything that you post on that lounge. I see it all the time. I just, I just might, yeah, I just might not engage. I just might not engage with it. And I've, I've really quickly had to realize that there are people right, who maybe aren't going to engage with everything that you do mm-hmm. and not to be disheartened by it because they are seeing it, yeah. they're seeing what you're doing. And in the background, like, I've, I've um, had friends who have said, like, oh, that that defence class that you did was amazing, it was so good, and um, off the back of, you know, all that stuff that happened. And However, on Facebook, like, we, we we got a bit of trolling for it like we we got some hardcore comments where we, we thought we did the wrong thing and yet some people are scared to comment some people yeah. are scared to like it some people aren't comfortable online like so there are like I get a lot from the lounge because I see things that people put on I read them mm-hmm. I um I will make an effort to like and comment from now on however just because people aren't liking and commenting, don't think that they're not seeing it because they, like I'm seeing it and it's helping me, like or seeing everybody's stories, like reading things, seeing what they're doing. Like it is helpful. And it's it's almost like a little reminder, like you're not in it on your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. You don't don't feel you've got to come and start getting like people no, feel like that. No, like, oh, I'm not part of it. I'm like, you do what you need to do with it. But I will say the more. Like, for instance, last night, 70 women turned up, right? 70 business women. And I, I, I bet, like, 90% of them wouldn't have come if they hadn't started being active in the community. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No? And you kind of take away from face-to-face makeups. You just you just can't. Like, we've really started to get on the map now because of getting out and about and me going out and talking about the lounge and people see me on social media and they think oh she just sits behind a video there's so much more behind behind it you've got to get out and about you'll know that god you'll know the difference between online and face to face it's a completely different connection altogether isn't it it was really good and like 
when every when everybody was speaking like you could everyone's heads were nodding everyone was like in and it's that thing of if you you know like what i was saying about like imposter syndrome like one of the easiest things you can do is go and find like-minded people go and find your people and like talk to them like how did they do their business like if you want to start a business and you want to do this like go and speak to people like go and find out go and find that help because people are so willing that are and like you're willing like you willing you were willing to start all of this lasses lounge like from from the ground up mm-hmm. and now look at you like you've got this lovely team like ruth's amazing amy's amazing max amazing like like uh, all of them like oh, in the, at the mint oh proper class and they're all they're all there for the right reasons because they want to help people they do there's no there's no tricks or anything to it we're helping people and when I coach people about social media and I try and like ask them about like their superpower that's what it was all about I try and ask them about like what what are you passionate about because it's not just about flinging stuff on social media. It's trying to get something you're really passionate about out mm-hmm. there. It really does help you develop. I mean, I, the lounge would never have, I never sat down one day and went, I'm going to open this lounge and I'm going to set it up as a business. And then this is when I, I just went, I'm going to set this group up and share some stuff. <laughs> and then it, it develops, doesn't it? Yeah. Crazy. Right then, we're going to get on to a part of the podcast. Just called Why I Lass. <laughs> I am getting closer, right, to getting a jingle. Every single oh. time this episode, I ask for a jingle and no one's helping us. But last night, sat in the roadside um, with a couple of lasses who were staying over. Yeah. Calling at the roadside, it's the Satan Lane, in, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when there was like Alexa and Laura and a few more lasses. And then um, one of them's a singer, she called Joanne. Oh, and yeah. Lossa was like, you need to do a jingle. You really do need a jingle. So we're getting closer. We are for this bit. But I what, thought you were going to pick up a tambourine there whenever you oh, were doing it. I was like, what's coming? No, no, no. Um, no, I'm going to ask you to sing, Michelle. <laughs> this is where, uh, so the team knew I was interviewing you and they've all asked you a question. I don't know. No. Picking out. Just one. You're just getting one. So don't worry. It can be anything, though. It's from our Ruth. Ruth us. I used to go to school with Ruth. Well, I thought because she's getting a bit familiar here, she went, if Rob, I went, all right, okay. (laughs) (laughs) If Rob had to describe you in three words, what would he say? (laughs) Um... Well, I was going to say, what are you doing? <laughs> pretty much. But like, it, I, I, tell you, I tell you something about Rob, right? I wouldn't be able to do half the stuff that I do, like, without Rob. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it, he is my support network. Yeah. Um, so, but there, there are occasions where he goes, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm just, um, it, right, when I brought all those patches, home to build that banner for the Durham Miners Gala like f- f- to support the refugees I brought them home and I was like trying to sew them together and he was like what are you doing and I was like oh I'm, I'm just I, I'm, I'm trying to do this and he was like what for and I was like oh for, for that and he was like all oh, right 
or I'd be like sat on my phone like making graphics for like social think tank you'd be like what are you doing and I'm like oh I'm, I'm, I'm just doing this I'm just doing this so like Rob's life is just basically asking me what I'm doing and then like it's funny because then on a weekend I'll say to Rob oh what are we doing and he's like oh we're gonna do this so like if if Rob was gonna describe us in three words it would probably be what are you doing but if I needed to pick three individual ones I'd probably say passionate yeah. I don't think I don't think you could do anything without a bit of passion um organized um I would definitely say that if like if you're there, there, there wait there wait there wait there this organized wait there <laughs> no this is this is what I want to ask you because uh, you you're very I'm not saying you're, you're not organized but lastminute.com but that works <laughs> for some people I, I can just I have you ever heard of the Kanban board? Am I saying that right? What? You know who Elon Musk is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Elon Musk, right, built his empire uh-huh. by um, organising. And he organises his staff and he organises his um, analytics and all that kind of stuff. And he started out using the Kanban board. Hang on, I'm going to Google it to make sure I'm saying it properly. But basically, you, know, you know when you're talking about um, your vision boards? Right, uh-huh. So similar sort of setup, but it's just for organizing. So you have um, different categories. So for instance, you have um, fast tracked along the bottom. I'm trying to find a picture. So you have like fast tracked along the bottom. You have a backlog in process, um, a done and a blocked column. And I write everything on post-it notes. Oh, look there. Can you see that? Oh, yeah. Here's one I had. I was had earlier <laughs> it's got no post-it notes on because not doing anything this weekend so it's got fast tracked backlog in progress review done and blocked and i would write things write things on post-it notes and i put them yeah. on my post-it note yeah and I have, I have one at school as well so i've got a big whiteboard yeah and it helps me keep track of what i need to do and when and it's so easy because when i'm done i literally just bin the post-it note right and, and i'm done and it sounds really silly, like people, you know, like I've tried to explain this um, to me mom, believe it or not. And I've tried to explain it to other people and they're like, that seems like a lot of time to, to do that. But like it worked, honestly, it really does work. Like it is so clever. And I know that like, I shouldn't, I'm, I'm big, a big fan of digital and I do have a digital calendar and I do have an outlook and I do use that type of thing. But for me, as a maker or a creator, like I like things, like I like having things. So for me, the physical act of writing something on a post-it note and then physically doing it and taking it off and putting it in the bin, like that's an achievement because I know that I've done something. Like I laugh because Rob's the same, you know, he doesn't want to admit it, but Rob loves writing lists. And it's amazing, I love it. I put stuff on a list. Just that, you haven't, that, you've, that you've done just so you can cross it off. Yeah, that's what Rob does. It's the same. It's the same sort of. It's the same like thought process. It's just a little bit differently put together. And I, I, I brought it up just not to say like, oh god, you're disorganised because you're not mm-hmm. at all. It was to see how you do it because you you you're very much like Amy Martin. Tell us you spoke to Amy Martin last night. You used to get on like house on fire. Mm-hmm. Like she, like she's so amazing at what she does. Yet she does everything like five minutes before like she came and did the podcast when she randomly turned up outside my house by the way that that was the whole thing <laughs> she thought it was in person oh bless her 
Mommy. I went, no, 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 it's on Zoom. And she went, oh, she went, that's a good job. She went, because I was actually just sitting writing me notes then. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's fascinating how different people work. Because when I was in the bank, I always thought, God, you have to be so structured to get anywhere. But mm-hmm. since I've become self-employed, so many different things work for different people's brains. It's brilliant. Yeah, just like find what works for you and stick with it. Like, honestly, it is. It's 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 definitely a don't like don't don't worry don't worry about being organized. If you're not organized, doesn't matter. Yes. If you are organized, yeah. mint. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what's next for you then? What is your next plan? Um, so I'm due to finish my master's degree. So I've got to write my dissertation over the six weeks holidays. That is oh, the next hurdle, I know. And how are you not allowed to tell us? Um, so I'm I'm doing it on well-being, so well-being and wellness within uh, my secondary school, but also like taking into consideration the like geographical like deprivation I hate I hate saying it um but it's all based on like the indices of um deprivation like what the government puts out yeah when so they put out data about um you know what I was talking about last night like all of these labels that kids have or like depending on what kind of upbringing they've had so it's I'm trying to write my dissertation to see whether things that are things that I've put in place at school so like I organized um well-being tutor time um, I organize, I do like bits and pieces within me because um, I do PHSE and sex education at school as well like that's that's my remit um, whether things that I've put in place there like affect them so I'm going to do like um, student voices and find out if the kids have picked anything up if they've taken anything home and maybe like being a bit more open-minded about something or it's helped them with exam stress or something like that so that's what my dissertation is about I still need to collect some data and do some bits and pieces and write the damn thing um but the idea is there and you have to you have to put in like an ethics form so have you heard of one of them before so i've never had to do that because i've been very artistic i didn't even realize that you had to do like an ethics thing i mean all my days some of them some of the questions um are you using are you using archaeological digs to dig up human remains and i was like no but that sounds amazing like can you imagine <laughs> That's a are job. You, yeah, are you um, using human tissue to, I don't know, something to do with a lab? And I was like, no. But again, like, that sounds like, And like, as I would, like, Rob was there while, and he was like, you are not going into science and chemistry. He was like, give your head a shake. And I was like, wow, I'm just saying it sounds really good. So I'm going to finish, I'm going to finish my master's. Um, do I want to do a PhD? I did want to do a PhD, but that means... I don't know what that would mean. I, it would mean I would have to get funding. Yeah. And I, that's, I think that's a job in itself. So I don't know. Finish me masters and see what happens. You are a superwoman, man. Superwoman, mate. And if I normally ask, where can we find you, right? But obviously they're just going to find, they're going to look for you. So what? Yeah, after, the wind doesn't blow me. <laughs> what? Get where drafts dinner, you like me. <laughs> <laughs> what action in terms of, people listening and supporting you what would you like them to take do they need to come and do like what can they physically do like well two things I think really like one of them being like don't let anyone hold you back on like whatever you want to do ever like don't let anyone put you down 
don't let anyone tell you that you're too ambitious like just do whatever you want to do uh-huh. and secondly like off the back of what you said about like I'm a little bit scared of politics I don't know I don't know what it means for me things like that like if there's something you're interested in work like work it backwards and find out like where you sit politically because you never know like you might be able to make a difference in that world as well as like the one that you're in currently um I would definitely say that like go and go and find go and, go and find like where you could make a difference in the world that way as well brilliant thank you so so much Rochelle it's been brilliant and you've inspired many of us I'm sure you'll get lots of messages and feedback about last night we'll all be watching it but thank you for your time today oh thank you very much it's been class